Thank you. Good morning. I'm really excited about this new preach series. As Ben says, it's to do with our focus for 2016. And it's all about growing. And like Ben says, the preach series is entitled, We All Need Ah. Now, I'm sure you could fill that with many other things than Bible characters from <laughs> in the Bible. We all need a drink, maybe sometimes. We all need, um, I know for me, I need some chocolate and I need it now. We all need some peace and quiet. We all need to not go to work today when it hits tomorrow morning. There are many things that we can probably go, oh, we all need a holiday. I think some of us are tittering on the edge and clawing away into those holidays, especially those who work in education who are sitting around us. But what I want you to grasp from this and take away is not necessarily the Deborah element. And this isn't where I want you blokes to turn off because it's a woman. It's actually the character of Deborah that we're looking at this morning. And I want you to grasp a hold of that character and what we as individuals can take away from that, that we need people like that in our lives. So when you go away from it, think, well, who is like that? Who can I spend time with? Who is like that character of Deborah? Who will do me some good? But not only that, I want you to look at it with a flip side of the coin. And I want you to look at it as, can I actually be like this for somebody else? Can I be that Deborah character for somebody? Can I be a key relationship to help and inspire and encourage and change someone's life? I believe each and every one of us can. Now, you may not necessarily be the character of Deborah, and you may think, I have no elements of what she is, if you know the story already. But let me tell you, God has put a gifting within you. God has put character within you, and he wants you to rise up just like Deborah did. So no matter how much you relate specifically to Deborah, let me encourage you this morning that God wants you to rise up and be you in your circumstances and be that key relationship for people and also look for people who can be that key relationship for you because those are the things that help us grow in the good times and in the hard times and in the okay times that have found ourselves in between for most of it. So Deborah, who is she? Who is Deborah? We find Deborah in the book of Judges, which is in the Old Testament. Now the book of Judges is based before there were kings in Israel. So they basically had these people who were judges who judged over Israel. So Israel would come to them with their disputes, with their questions, with their, I don't know what to do with this person, or this person's doing my head, or this has gone wrong with my farm, or I don't know what they went to her with, but anything that was going wrong, any quarrels they had, Deborah, it said, would sit under her palm tree. She was obviously there a while because she needed a tree to protect her from the sun. And people would come to her with their disputes and their difficulties. And I'm not going to read to you the whole account of Deborah, but I'm just going to give you my quick fire. This is what happens in Judges 4 and 5. So please bear with me. Please forgive me if I miss some key elements out. But can I encourage you, go away and read it afterwards. It will do you good. It's a great account of an amazing woman. So Deborah was the judge over Israel at a time when Israel was not in charge of its own country. The Canaanites, and the king of the Canaanites was called King Jabin, and the army commander was Sisera. And they were basically running riot in Israel at the time. 
They were in charge. They were making a mess. They were causing difficulty for Israel. Israel were having some serious issues and some serious trouble with the Canaanites at this time. We won't go into why, but they were, and they needed to learn some lessons through it. And the biggest problem that it said that they had because of the Canaanites, and this is a key point that I'm going to come back to later, was the Canaanites had 900 iron chariots. That is some serious fighting power. They're not just wooden chariots, they're iron chariots. If you know anything about history, if you used metal, are you feeling it? They're not wood. They're not just on horses. They've not got lots of military power. They've got iron chariots. They're a big deal, iron chariots are. I know nothing about military stuff or guns or tanks or army, but whatever the piece of resistance is, that is what these were at the time. All the army people are going, yes, we understand. Everyone else is like, <laughs> Okay, so they had 900 iron chariots that they ran amok with through Israel, put all the Israelites in their place, got what they wanted from Israel, and sorted them out with them. And Deborah sat under her palm tree and sorted out the disputes between the Israelites. And it was at a point that Deborah decided, well, I believe God spoke to her, and told her, send for Barak. So she did. She sent for a man named Barak, and he came. And when he came, she said to him, this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to basically go and sort these Canaanites out. And Barak, as every good Israel man does when a woman tells him what to do, says, yes, ma'am. It doesn't say this in the Bible. Please don't speak to me afterwards. It's okay. It's just like, it's the message version, but like my version. So Barak says, yes, I will do this. I will go and fight the Canaanites. We will get rid of this scum from in our land. And, but then he says, but I'll only go, Deborah, if you come with me. It's like ladies going to the toilet, gents. Shall we go to the toilet together? And off they trot. You notice ladies' toilet together. Don't really know why as a lady, but it's just nice to go with someone else and to chat to them while you, let's not go there. But he wanted Deborah to go with him. And she said, yes, I will come with you. She wasn't afraid of what she was going to. She said, yes, I will come. But she said, because you wouldn't go alone, the victory of killing the commander will go to a woman. So everyone, when they read this, thinks, well, Deborah's going to get in there and do some stuff. Doesn't work like that. So they go to war. Deborah advises Barak went to attack Sisera, the commander of the armies, and they're all killed except Sisera, the commander, who, as every good commander does, runs off because he's absolutely petrified. So they chase him. And when they chase him, he's even more scared, so he hides in the tent of a lady who he thinks is actually on his, his side. And he's that tired, he just falls asleep under a blanket. Now, this lady who's tent he'd hidden in knew what was going on in Israel at the time. And she decided she was going to join in. If you're a bit squeamish, you might want to close your ears. This bit isn't very nice. I do apologise. But it is the word of God, so I'll say it. So she got a tent peg, as you do, got a mallet, put the tent bed over his head, whilst he was asleep, and hammered it through it. Dead. So, as Deborah had said, Sisera died at the hands of a woman. And it wasn't Deborah, as some of you may have expected the first time that you went through. 
And when Barak came past, she waved him in. He's over here, he's in here, the one you're looking for. There he is, tent peg through his head, and he's dead. Lovely. These women weren't squeamish, were they? So it talks about Israel pressing harder and destroying all of the Canaanites to the point that they even destroyed the king, jabbing the king of Canaan. And following that, they had, it says, 40 years of peace, which is amazing, I think. And then chapter 5 of Judges goes on, and it's a whole chapter of a song that they sing about how good God is and about taking the lead in things and sorting things out and moving things forward, but also being willing to offer yourself in causing these things to happen. And that's basically Judges 4 and 5 in a nutshell. We probably could have read it in how long it took me to tell you, actually. But I think that there are some key things that we can gather from this that can help us not only to find Deborah's for our own lives and to help and encourage us, but also so we can be the best of us to someone else, to be that key relationship and to help other people. And these are my three points that I've got for you this morning. My first one is this, Deborah's gifting. Get around people that are like this. And Deborah was someone primarily, I believe, who had an ear for the will and the plan of God. She heard God's will and plan for Israel, and she wasn't afraid to then communicate that with the people that she needed to, to cause that plan to come about. I don't know about you, but it's great when you spend time with people who've got an ear for the will and the plan of God. Because it inspires you, it encourages you, it stops you just wandering around in the mundaneness of life and thinking, not quite sure how I got to this point, but I'll just keep going. There's will and a purpose for where you are at. Sometimes you need somebody who can hear that to come and help you along. Barak had everything in him to destroy the Canaanites, but he needed someone to come and tell him. Sometimes we need people to get alongside us and encourage us with what the will and the purpose of God is for our lives. Don't miss it when they come. Have an ear for it, but also make sure you resonate with it. Make sure it lines up with the Bible. That's always helpful. But she had an ear for the will and the plan of God. And the beauty of Deborah was, it wasn't her own plan and purposes. So many times people can come up to you and say, I believe God's calling you to this. But actually it's something to do with them and with what they're doing. Deborah was not looking to build her own ministry. She was not looking to build her own whatever was going on. She was looking for the will and the purpose and the plan of God. And she directed people into the right path so that they could fulfill that, not so they could fulfill her. Be careful when you encourage people that you're not fulfilling yourself, but actually you're fulfilling what God is calling them to do. Deborah was also an encourager. She was an inspirer. She was tenacious. And she was certain and sure of what she knew was going on. How certain and sure are you? How many times do you think, I'm not really sure I should be doing this? Has God really said, is this really the right job for me? Did I really marry the right person? Is this really going on? Everyone looks at Paul. It's all right, darling. We're good. <laughs> But so often we have questions and worries and concerns 
and think, I just don't really know. And things happen that knock us off our course and wobble us a little bit and life goes on. But Deborah was certain. She knew what God had said. We need that rhema word from God or somebody who can come and encourage us and bring that word to us that God brings for us in those circumstances, in that situation that sees us through right to the end of what God is calling us to do. And you never once hear Barak say, are you sure? Really? Is this really what you want me to do? What you hear him say is, will you come with me? When shall we do it? Because he knew that she had an ear to God. And he knew that if God was with him, then no one could defeat him. If God was in this, then he already had the victory. And he knew that as an Israelite. And I believe there are people who can come alongside us and help us in and through our circumstances, that if God is with us in this illness, then we can get through it. If God is with us in this difficulty in our workplace, then we can get through it. If God is with us through this financial hardship, through this political mess, if God is with us, then we can get through this. And if we can find people who have that ear to the voice of God and can communicate that with us, then it will keep us going and keep us going and keep us going until we reach the end of that particular plan and purpose that God has for us. The wonderful thing about Deborah as well was she journeyed with Barak. She didn't just tell him what to do, although she did, and she would have left him to it. But because he wanted her to go, she went. I believe that when we stand by people and we encourage them, we inspire them to be different things and to do different things, if they need some extra support and encouragement, let's journey with them along the way. Let's encourage them as they go. Find people who will stick with you and keep going and see it through with you. Deborah was fantastic at seeing things through. She completed the task. She made sure it happened. Find people in your life who will stick with you through thick and thin. They will be with you until the task is completed. They will believe in you. They will champion you. They will be your cheerleader like that song. I'm not going to sing it. But they will not leave you until the task is complete. The Bible says that God says to us, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Deborah had caught a hold of that characteristic of God and she was living it out. Can I encourage you? You may not be the same character that Deborah was, but there are aspects of God's personality and character in here that completely and utterly reflect you as individuals. Grasp a hold of them, stick to them, and be that to other people because not only will it shape you, but it will change and transform their life and completely change and transform your workplace, your family, possibly your nation. Unless we rise up and be who God has called us to be, then change will never come. And we can sit and complain and moan about stuff that we don't agree with and like, but unless we be the change, then the change will never come. Deborah was also someone who saw the bigger picture. She knew that it wasn't just about Barak, that he wasn't just the man. She knew it was about the whole of Israel. It was about bringing change for the whole of Israel. It was about setting them free from the captives, from the ones who bore down on them. She was interested in the whole. And she knew that it was that one man and the people who were going to flock to him to fight that would do it. But actually, the end result, the bigger picture, was 40 years of peace for Israel. 
We need to find people whose purpose isn't just for themselves or for somebody who they're working with, but their plan and purpose is for the church as a whole. Their plan and purpose is for the community out there as a whole that is crying out in desperate need for the gospel. That is what we need to breathe and to live. Deborah's gifting. And like I've said a few times, Deborah's gifting may not be your gifting, and that's okay. But know what your gifting is. Know what it is and share it with people. Don't be selfish with who you are, but just throw yourself about. Do the okie-cokie. <laughs> throw your gifting about. Be yourself. It will change people's lives. And if you think, I don't really know who I am, just keep being. Do good. Be kind. Show some love. And it will grow and it will develop. And sometimes we spend so long for looking who we are that we never actually do anything that is of use to other people. Let me just find out who I am first. Let me just read the Bible one more time. Let me just say one more prayer and find out, God, who am I? You're my son. You're my daughter. Go into all the world and make disciples. And your gifting will outwork as you do it. Because you've already been called and commissioned to go. So the first thing, Deborah's gifting. Your gifting. And, you know, sometimes we have a specific area where we are over-gifted. I'm very administrative and I like things to be a certain way. Amen. Me and Steffi like each other. All you unadministrative people, we don't like you at all. You make us really cross. And, you know, sometimes we can have a real gifting area, but actually it can become our downfall. I'm in... <laughs> That's Steffi's husband. Unfortunately, not mine. Good luck, Ben, when you get home. At the minute, I'm planning Grace's 10th birthday party. It is an organisational feat. It is not a massive one. But when people do not reply to their party invites, it awakens a wrath within me. Oh, my word. Some of you may understand this if you've planned a wedding, maybe a surprise birthday party, maybe a baby shower. Maybe you just don't have this issue and you don't really care. People can turn up if they want and they don't. No. You reply. How do I know if you're coming? How do I know how many party bags to make? How do I know how much food to prepare? How do I know how many things to buy? I don't know. Why don't you reply? Does anyone else have this issue? Is it just give me a wave? Oh, good. I feel better. I'm with friends. But you may also have an area of gifting in your life that can actually be your downfall and not help you in your relationships with people. This is mine. I'm learning to be at peace with it. I'm learning to hold my tongue. I'm learning to submit to my husband and listen when he tells me off about it. I know I'm very naughty sometimes. I'm learning to wait until I reply about things. And when people say, oh, we did reply, and I think, no, you didn't. Thank you for allowing me to have some therapy with you this morning. But you know, there are areas where we can actually be over-gifting and overbearing. 
and think, I know all the Bible. I know everything. I am going to Bible bash you until you go to heaven or die. We don't do that at this church, by the way. If you're new, please feel welcome. Please feel at home. (laughs) It's okay. I'm not preaching again for another month. I'll calm down by then. When you have an area of really strong gifting, learn to manage it. Learn some love with it. Learn some grace with it. Learn some patience with it. Because otherwise your gifting can actually damage people instead of being a gift to them. So what's the next thing? That's Deborah's gifting. Deborah didn't have the problem I have, by the way. (laughs) But I just thought I'd share. Deborah's secret is the next one. And we're just going to show you a very short media clip. Um, But before I do, can I also point out to you that there are many other airlines that you can use and not just this one. Thank you very much, Baz. This is your captain speaking. Please pay attention. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Thompson Airways and my crew, a very warm welcome on board. I would ask that you please give me your full attention as I run through the safety procedure on board this aircraft. Your seatbelts must be fastened whenever the seatbelt signs are on. Your seatbelt is fastened, adjusted and unfastened like this. We recommend that you keep your seatbelt securely fastened and visible at all times. In the unlikely event of the aircraft having to make an emergency landing, you must adopt the brace position demonstrated on your safety card. Some of you have probably seen this many times if you've flown. Some of you maybe haven't, but this is what they often show you. When you get on a plane, all your safety advice, there's many more things that go on on there. But it was the last thing that she said that I want to talk to you about this morning. She said, in the event, brace yourself. I don't know about you, but life sometimes throws you some curveballs. Life sometimes is not easy. Life sometimes is difficult. And we brace ourselves for the impact of it. We brace ourselves for what's coming. We brace ourselves for the hardship. We brace ourselves for the emotion. We brace ourselves for the practicalities of things that are outworking, that we can do nothing about, that we aren't actually happy about, and isn't actually the route that we planned or believed that we were going on. But things sometimes come in and cause your personal aircraft of yourself to crash land, and you have to brace yourself. When I was young growing up, my wonderful dad, who taught me how to change a tyre and how to check the oil on a car, also taught me how to punch. I believe that this is an essential for every young girl, and I've taught my children that you punch using your shoulder, not just your elbow. They're still not very good at it. We will get there in the end. I believe it is an essential for every young lady in this world. My dad taught me this by playing a game. It was called dead leg. (laughs) I have had many. Social services, you do not need to get involved. I am not permanently scarred. It was a bit of fun. We used to play the game dead leg. We would sit next to each other and we would punch each other in the leg until one of us could not cope with it any longer. 
As I got older, I began to win. The best way to play the game was when you didn't know you were playing the game and you went and sat down and went, good punch in the leg. I do not want to play this game with any of you after the service. And can I encourage you not to play it amongst yourselves now? But we used to play this game, dead leg. And the, the best bit was, if you braced yourself, it didn't hurt as much. So as you saw the fist coming in, you braced your leg and boom, it would bounce off and would not fully impact the muscle and the bruise would not be as terrifying. I'm going to stop now because it doesn't sound very good. But sometimes you need to brace yourself for life. Sometimes you can be a Deborah for people who have got stuff going on that they need to brace themselves for. And you may think, what's this got to do with Deborah though? Deborah knew what it was to brace herself for things that were going on. Deborah knew what it was to find a place of peace and safety and protection. When Barak asked her to go with him, he wanted her to go because he knew he had an, she had an ear for what God was saying. He wanted her to go because he felt safe with her. He wanted her to go because she had an element of security. Because if she was there, then God was there. You may have people in your life that you think, I know if they pray for me, I know God is there. And that doesn't necessarily emit the fact that we need to build our relationship with God so that we have an ear for what he says. So that we grow in that and can hear him and can understand and feel confident that God actually is with us all the time. God does never leave us. But sometimes you just need someone to stand with you, somebody to be with you and hold you as you brace yourself for the things that are going on in life. And Barak needed that. He needed Deborah with him because he knew those 900 iron chariots that were coming his way were going to hurt. He knew that that those Canaanites were not going to be happy if the Israelites had an uprising against what they were doing. Deborah knew the secret of bracing herself because she knew the secret of the secret place. And when things go on and difficult times come, there is a secret place that we can find with God. There is a place where there is peace within the storm. Just in nature, when we look at the it's a tornado or a, a terrible storm. And they say the eye of the storm, the very center of it, is still. And Deborah knew how to find that place. And I believe that no matter what goes on, whatever storm comes your way, whatever difficulty comes your way, that you can actually brace yourself because there is a place within you where the Holy Spirit dwells that you can hide. The Psalms so many times talk about that there is a strong tower, that there is a place where God is with you and where you cannot be shaken. We're going to watch another piece of media. Paul and I watched this a couple of years ago. And it's Richard Hammond. And he was looking at the miracles of nature. And he looked at different animals. This is a bizarre series. But this one was specifically about the woodpecker. And obviously a woodpecker pecks wood with his beak. And they were saying, how does his brain inside his head cope with this action? Yeah, yeah. And I believe that this is, this is, bear with me, this really links with Deborah. Because when all this is going on around you, what can go on? Good afternoon, Kiel. 
<laughs> what can go on? Oh, it's gone funny. What can go on inside you to keep the inside of you, your emotions, your mental health, your spirit safe and secure? Richard Hammond did this test on a light bulb where they shoot it into space and they put this packaging around it, which is very similar to what a woodpecker has got around its brain. It does work, bear with me, looking at me as if, what? Let's see what happens to this light bulb. Thanks, Baz. Okay, so here's how it's gonna work. Still can't quite believe I'm saying this. Our canister containing the light bulb will be suspended underneath the module. That, in turn, will be suspended underneath that weather balloon, which is filled with helium, which is lighter than air, so that'll take the whole lot up and up and up, right beyond the edge of the Earth's atmosphere and, well, into space. I know it sounds silly when you say it, but that's where it's going. When it's there, down here on the ground, in Mission Control, which is that, well, it's that van over there, they will press a button that will release our module and it will fall all the way back down to Earth with our light bulb. And then, well, we'll just see what happens. It's equipped with GPS, so they can find it. We'll have a look. We're going into space. Commencing launch procedure. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's up, it's going that way, and it's climbing. Bye-bye, light bulb. Good luck on the way back down. The balloon carrying our woodpecker canister rises astonishingly quickly, around a thousand feet a minute, and it's already out of sight from the ground. Time to get myself to mission control. Oh, look at that shot. There it is. Now, is that curvature of the Earth I'm seeing, or is that an optical effect? That is curvature of the Earth. That, that is actually curvature of the Earth. There it is. Yes. So this light bulb that we bought off the shelf in a store, it was just there next to all the other light bulbs. Mm -hmm. That one was chosen. That one is now experiencing space. It's the ultimate Vacuum. light bulb adventure. Vacuum. <laughs> it is. Just 2,000 feet to go till our designated drop point. And then our canister containing our precious light bulb cargo begins its Mach 1 journey back towards Earth. And a substantial crash landing, which hopefully it will survive Thanks to technology derived directly from that of a woodpecker's head. If you just joined us, that's what's happening. If this works, we'll see the cylinder break away and begin its... You just say go and I'll try it. There it is. Go. Yes! yes. There it goes. <laughs> it's gone! <laughs> Using a light bulb, I said no. Oh. So as you can see, the light bulb that they dropped from space in technology directly related to what they learned from a woodpecker's head, it actually survived and he was able to use it. And I believe that no matter what happens in your life, no matter how far you fall, 
no matter what comes against you, that there is a place within you of protection and safety when you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, where you can survive. No matter what has gone on, no matter what difficulty, no matter what emotional trauma, no matter what's happened with your health, no matter what's happened in your relationships, no matter what's going on financially, no matter what's going on within your business or within your workplace or within your family, there is a survival area within you that God places within you where where you are safe, where there is a strong tower that you can run to and be saved. Deborah knew this secret and that's why Barak took her with him because she knew the secret of the secret place. And can I encourage you, if you're thinking, I want to know that secret, get along to your small group, spend time with those in your teams. If you're thinking, I'm not in a small group, go and sign up for one. Whatever you need to do, come and spend some time with us. We would love to help you to journey to find that place with God where there is safety, no matter what goes on around you. And my final point is this, Deborah's courage. Deborah was a courageous woman. She started an uprising in the middle of a place that was overrun with Canaanites with 900 iron chariots. Because she knew who God was. She knew he was the God victorious. She knew that he was King of kings and Lord of lords. She knew what he had to say about Israel. That it was the head and not the tail. She knew it. So she was courageous because of it. Let me encourage you. When there are things that absolutely petrify you, know that God is with you. Know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Know that God says, do not be afraid, I am with you. Let me show you this image of this huge tower. We went to Hawkstone Park and Follies um, a few months ago. That is a huge tower, would you not say? It has steps inside and you can go to the top. This is not my idea of fun. I have a serious issue. I like the view at the top, but I think when I get there, the whole tower is somehow going to collapse or the railing and I am going to fall. I really have an issue with the idea of falling from this tower. Let's go up, mummy, say our children. Yes, let's. Paul's like, you do this for the children. Do not spread your fear onto them. We go, I'm going to die. I hate curly steps as well. Let me go against the edge and walk up like this. You know, them, them spiral steps. Well, who made them? Who's got tiny feet this wide for the centre part? I know mine are small, but no. How many steps were the pull? About 200 steps. This might take a while. Getting dizzy. By the time we got to the top, Olivia's thinking, huh? I want to be sick and I don't like it myself. Gracie's like, way! Paul's like, way! Paul's like, let's take a photo of you all at the top. I'm like, oh, take the photo really quickly. I really don't like it. I want to go back down. I really, I'm smiling. It's a grimace. Olivia's like, I'm like, smile, Olivia, smile. Mummy's smiling, smile. Me and Olivia are like, right, take the photo. We're going down. <laughs> Paul and Grace at the top. Way! I'm thinking, oh, go down, Olivia. Go down, Olivia. Go down. I don't even know why I'm telling you this now. I just got that excited about it. Sometimes we have a problem with things. 
take someone with you who is courageous. Not Paul, because he will drive you up the wall and laugh at you. But take some courageous person with you who will inspire you, who will encourage you, who will say, come on, you can do it. Find your Bear grills of your area of fear and go and tackle it. God says in Joshua, do not be afraid. In Joshua, in the book of Joshua, when the Israelites first came into the land and were trying to take the land, Joshua 17 says this. The people of Joseph replied, this was to Joshua, the hill country is not enough for us and all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots fitted with iron. You ringing a bell? Both those in Bethshan and the settlements and those in the valley of Jezreel. This is not the first time that the Israelites have had an issue with iron chariots. Hundreds of years before when they settled in the land, there was an issue with iron chariots and they were not able to settle the whole land because the Canaanites had iron chariots. Let's look at Judges 1. So this is a a way time before Deborah. The Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had chariots fitted with iron. Again, we see the same issue for Israel. The iron chariots are problematic for them. So then we find Deborah in Judges 4. And it says this. Because he had 900, iron cha- 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried out to the Lord for help. The Israelites had a serious issue with iron chariots. You may find that generationally, historically, you and your family have a serious issue. It may not be with iron chariots, probably won't be. But you may have an issue with emotional baggage. You may have an issue with building relationships. You may have an issue with financial stability. You may have an issue with holding down a job. You may have an issue in many different areas. But this morning, I'm here to say to you, God wants to send a deliverer into your situation, into your family line that breaks away whatever your iron chariot is and sets you free so that it no longer holds you down and bears you, so that it no longer holds you captive. God wants to set you free. And this morning, he wants to send a Deborah to do it. This morning, I really believe that God is saying he needs to send someone alongside you who can give you some hope, who will say to you, yes, you can. That thing that holds you down, whatever it is, whether it's a mental issue, an emotional issue, a health issue, a financial issue, a relational issue, whatever it is, there is hope for you this morning. There is a way out for you this morning. You can break free. Those iron chariots no longer have to hold the ground of your life and dictate to you how you live it. The second thing I believe God wants to say to you is this. God wants to inspire you and give you some faith because it's that faith that gives you some clout to deal with it. Deborah knew and she had the courage. She needed a man of clout to go and deal with those iron chariots. God wants to bring people alongside you who have got some spiritual clout, who have got some understanding of things that affect you that can actually bring change and transformation to your life. God wants to build your faith this morning. 
And God also needs to send somebody who is willing to see it through with you. Sometimes the journey of dealing with things that are like iron chariots in our lives is not a quick one. We saw the Israelites when they very first came into the land having issues with them. And it took all the way until Deborah, until they actually defeated the Canaanites with the iron chariots. That was not a quick fix. Let me tell you this morning, so often we want a quick fix to the issues and the problems in our lives. And if we don't get it, we don't want to deal with it and work through it and take the time to keep going and keep working and keep saying, I'm going to break this, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to deal with this. It's going to change in my life. Don't get to a point where you think, I can't bother anymore. But actually, get alongside people who are full of love. Because those people will be the people who will see it through with you. And the fourth thing I want to say to you about Deborah's courage is it talked about at the end that they then found 40 years of peace because they dealt with these iron chariots. Sometimes the hardest thing is learning to live somewhere differently. The Israelites had had been under this oppression for 20-odd years. They'd had oppression in the past They'd spent years, hundreds of years in Egypt. They'd lived under so much oppression as a generation. And sometimes the hardest thing is to actually go and live in a place of peace. Is actually to find that place and to relax and to actually live there. Instead of constantly thinking, there's an iron chariot around the corner. Oh, it's always going to go wrong. Something's going to happen next. What's going to go on next? That you never actually, even though you've dealt with the iron chariot... You never actually find the peace that God has got for you and wants you to live in. And sometimes the fear of things cripples us. Some things that may never happen. Some things that may have happened in the past. Things that have even been broken over our lives. We don't actually live in peace from them because the fear of them cripples us. And this morning I believe God wants to fill you with courage. Just like he did with Deborah. And set you free from those things. If the band would like to come and join me, that would be great. As many of you know, um, it's recently been 100 years since the Battle of the Somme, which is one of the large battles that took place during World War I. And thousands of people died. And one of the things that many soldiers came back from World War I with... And they didn't fully understand it at the time, and servicemen even to today suffer with it as post-traumatic stress. And so often, there are things that come at us in life, and it's actually the stress of what's gone on. It's the stress of being dropped like that light bulb was, rather than the victory that it survived. It's the stress of what went on in the difficulty, rather than the miracle of what God brought out of it. It's the stress and the anxiety of the hardship rather than the fact that we get to carry on and live a life of joy and peace that affects and cripples lives to the very limit. And this morning, I'm just, the band are going to play a song and I'd just like to invite you all to stand and I just want to pray for you. That this morning, if you need some courage to break through some iron chariots, if you need to let go of some fear of things that have affected you in the past, that this morning I just want to encourage you to come forward as we start the song. And I'm just going to pray, I'm not going to pray individually, just going to pray over you that God would inspire courage and faith and hope within you again, that God would set you free and bring change to your life.
So if, guys, if you'd like to pray, if you want to stand, and if you'd like to come forward for prayer, then please do so.